Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth vote founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder of bite size bio Hello and welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist, you are in the right place. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and with me, the main man of this podcast is Kenneth Vogt. I have worked with Ken for over seven years now with him as my business mentor and colleague and I knew that his expertise could help a lot of researchers, including you. So in these sessions, we will hear mostly from Ken on principles that will help shape you for a happier and a more successful career and along the way I'll pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. Today we will be talking about the empirically supported benefits of mindfulness but before we begin remember that in episodes one to nine of this podcast we talk about the foundational principles of human needs, core mindsets and charisma factors which we refer to in all future episodes so if you find this episode useful Please go back to the beginning and listen to episodes one to nine to get an understanding of these life-changing concepts. So let's bring in the man himself, Kenneth, mindfulness. Tell us about it. Okay. This may seem like the topic that where I've where I've finally gone off the edge. It's like, all right, he's he's danced around being being uh, a scientific about things, but this time he's picked a topic that is just too far out there. It's just too woo-woo. <laughs> but I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to prove to you through the show notes, among other things, that it's really not that far out there. And in fact, where it came to mind for me didn't come from any any other sources other than PhD scientists. <laughs> And uh, that, and and again, the show notes are going to prove that. I I make note of six different studies. I point to two different podcasts. I point to a couple of different books, and these are all by people who are deeply in the black and white rational world. This is this is what it's all about. And go ahead. And it, so, so so mindfulness gets a, a lot of uh, woo woo attention. Isn't it really just means paying attention more? Yeah, it does. It's just yeah, seeing exactly. And and in fact, the thing that that first captured my attention about this f- for for this audience even was I was listening to a podcast called Science Friday, which is uh, hosted by Ira Flato, and he had commented on mindfulness being. A proven, a proven methodology 
to help you be more effective on more than one occasion. And I just I just kept going back to that. It's like, boy, this is not the guy I would expect to be talking about this. But then <laughs> I, I started doing some more research on it. And you know, the Harvard Review was all over this and uh, a variety of other serious academic sources. And so I just picked out... I. I I picked out a number of interesting studies that I've commented on in, in the notes here, but they are hardly the only ones. And the, there's, there's so many benefits here to being mindful that, that you're just going to see that it's just worth it for you in your career, in your job, to be happier, to be more content with your work. Now, another thing that may put some people off here is mindfulness can be a code word for meditation <laughs> and you might think oh meditation oh here we go this he's, he's finally stepped over the line here this is going to become all spiritual and religious and esoteric and philosophical and it's like no it's really not and in fact one of the one of the people that i recommend that you look into and the, pod, and the podcast by this person is Sam Harris, his Making Sense podcast. He's a PhD neuroscientist. He is probably one of the premier atheists of the day. Um, you know, he's, he's very much a proponent of atheism. And I want to be clear here. I'm not telling anybody to be atheist. I'm not telling anybody to be religious. I'm not telling anybody to be spiritual. You don't have to be a Christian or a Buddhist or a Hindu or anything else to use mindfulness. In fact, that's kind of the point that Sam Harris makes, that that it, it isn't coming from those places. It's just some of those places happen to also use it. But, you know, let's not, let's not be down on something because it is being used by, by someone that we don't agree with. You know, everybody still drinks water. Everybody still breathes air. You know, even, even those that you don't agree with uh, on on a fundamental level, you know, whether it's politics or religion or, or you know, what flavor dessert to have. Uh, these are just fundamental things, and they don't come from those places. They are just used by those places because they work. You know, it's, it's just the same way as, um, you know, you can, get a, you can get a Bachelor of Science degree or you can get a Bachelor of Arts degree. And they use the same basic format. You go to you go to university. You go to classes. You have professors. There are textbooks. There, you know, it's it's all the same stuff. It's just a it's just something you can use that works. So, a question would be, well, why would I care about mindfulness? I mean, okay, fine. It's it's not harmful. It's not associated with anything evil that I don't want to touch. But why would I want to? Right. Well. There are four things that that popped up in in my research on this that I think that you're going to want. One is improved attention. You know, there there are a number of studies that show that mindfulness improves attention, and that means better performance on objective tasks that that require an extensive concentration span. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like your life, your work? Well. Wouldn't improved attention be valuable to you? Wouldn't it be useful? Wouldn't it make your job less stressful? So maybe it would be worth taking a side step and explaining what mindfulness is then. For, because to me, the main thing that comes to mind about 
mindfulness is that it's just about paying more attention to things. But if yeah, it's about one, if attention is just one of the benefits, there must be more to it than that. Yeah, there is, <laughs> there is. But yeah, it's about being present in the moment, and that is being being present with what's happening right now, what's right here, and not being caught up in the past or caught up in the future or on caught up on other topics that aren't related to what you're presently focusing on. It's about just being purely with what's happening right now. Rather than all the stories your brain is telling you about forgetting to get something for dinner or what might what happened yesterday and stuff like that. Exactly. And and worry and anxiety and and, you know, and not just negative things like that, but because even positive things can get in your way. You know, if you're excited about some some event that's coming up in the future or or you're really looking forward to your to an upcoming vacation, all that, it can take your mind away from what you're working on now and can do damage. You you can you become less effective and you miss things that are important. They might be bad things that you miss or it might be good things that you miss. Uh, you know, so there's there's a lot to be said for being present and just just in this moment saying, okay, for right now, I'm about this. And I'm not going to worry about my kids right now. And I'm not going to be thinking about my weight. And I'm not going to be concerned about my love life. And I'm not going to be thinking about the jerk that I have for a boss. I'm just doing this task right now. And I'm with it. And I'm I'm giving my all to it. And again, this is just about giving 100%, not 110%, you know, just being fully present, but no more than fully present. So improved attention is just one of the benefits. Let's, let's look at some others. How about emotional regulation? Mindfulness is, is associated with emotional regulation across a number of studies. So um, it, it creates changes in your brain, actual physical changes that correspond to less reactivity and better ability to engage in tasks even when emotions are activated. Now you think, well, why would that matter? Well, think about it. If you're working with other people, is there not an emotional component? If you are stressed about the work that you're doing right now, is there not an emotional component? If something goes wrong with what you're working on, is there not an emotional component? You know, we have to remember that we are present with what's happening. You know, we're part of the experiment. <laughs> um, and if if uh, emotions get involved to a certain, to, you know, if they get over-involved, it starts to get in the way and it starts to become a problem. It could actually impact the results you get. But, you know, even less than that, it impacts the experience you're having with doing it, making your job harder making your career more stressful and and making you wonder why am I doing this for a living you know I I could I could have been working at McDonald's you know <laughs> and so this idea of of being able to more easily regulate your emotions becomes important now some of you out there might be really locked down on this really feel like you know emotional control is not a big deal for me but others of you are going to hear this and go yeah I know what you mean it might be you get too passionate about things or you get too angry about things um, or you you get too frustrated too easily. 
you, know, you can think about it because it, it doesn't have to necessarily be a negative emotion. It could be a positive emotion. You could get too excited about things too. And it causes you to lose track of what's right in front of you. And you miss things. And you don't see flaws when they pop up with it. You really need to see or, or errors. You don't see problems until after they're you know, too late to fix. So this concept of emotional regulation becomes really important. So let me throw that one to you, Nick. Have you seen emotion ever be an issue in the lab? Well, I mean, it's the same as anything. You know, if you're, if you're, something's going on in your personal life and you have a task that you're going to, you need to focus on, um, you know, either, either a physical task or a mental task, and you and you're too busy thinking about what's going on in your in your on your um, your personal life to give it that focus, then that's going to impact the quality of work you, you do. Sure, and it can even be things that that aren't external. It could be the people you're working with right now are causing an emotional response, and that impacts the work. So, you know, I mean, the that, bottom line is your, your brain is always trying to, to your mind seems to always be trying to pull yourself to pull you to some problem. That it thinks you need to focus on at the moment to you know to worry about or to or to go over and over in your head and um, all of that's taken away from the focus of the thing that you need to you know the experiment you need to focus on or the the paper you need to focus on or, or whatever. Right. I mean, another good one is if you're you know um, the, one thing that I really find this useful for is if you're giving a presentation. And if you're really nervous and you're focusing on what might go wrong, that's all a story that's, that's spinning around in your head. And that literally makes it more likely you'll, you know, worrying about doing badly in a presentation will literally make you do badly in a presentation. <laughs> right. Exactly. You be, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and we all know people, and perhaps uh, we know them intimately as ourselves, who whenever they encounter an uncertain situation, their response is, what's wrong? What's wrong? What a way to look at the world. <laughs> you know? uh, but that's part of emotional regulation. So the next thing that, that's interesting that comes out of some of these studies is the idea that mindfulness will allow you to have greater compassion. So people randomly assigned to mindfulness training we're more likely to help someone in need and to have greater self-compassion. Now you might think, well, what does compassion have to do with my work? Actually, it has quite a bit to do with your work. Uh, often the work that we're doing, that, that you are doing as scientists in the lab is contributing to the improvement of mankind. So in that regard, it is a deeply compassionate work. But there's also compassion that has to do with the people you're working with. You know, if you're working with people and they're all stressed out all the time or they're all wore out, um, your interaction with them is going to be impacted by how mindful you are. And you could actually be a great support to other people. And that might be people you work with, might be people that work for you, it might be people that you work for. But having greater compassion will actually make you a better worker and it will make you somebody that other people will, will enjoy working with. Then on top of that is the notion of self-compassion, that you know you don't have to be so hard on yourself. You 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 can see things more clearly, and realize you know this is this is what I can do and this is what I can't do, 
and you get clearer on what the boundaries are and it's easier it's much easier to be satisfied when that's how you see the world so i hesitate for other comment there nick in case you wanted to add I was anything just until you went through the um through all of the uh the benefits because okay well let me hit the last one then and uh, then i will throw you the mic of <laughs> the last one and this one's one everybody's going to want reduction of stress and anxiety mindfulness reduces feelings of stress and improves um you know anxiety control and, and helps you get rid of um distress when you're placed in a stressful situation and the fact is, is there's lots of potential stressful situations in the lab so wouldn't you want to get free of stress and anxiety? Well, mindfulness is part of the answer to that. So, okay, go ahead, Nick. <laughs> oh, okay, so so my thoughts are mindfulness is always something that's kind of, it's so cliched in a way that, that it's something that's always kind of, um, I find it hard to gel with the idea of this. Um, so, so what we're saying here is if you're, so mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment rather than, uh, or, or what is happening right now in front of you, rather than what you imagine happened in the past or, or in the future. Uh, what you remember happened in the past or what you imagine happened in the future. And from that, you get improved attention, improved emotional regulation, greater compassion, and reduction of stress and anxiety. Why do you get all of that? <laughs> well, I, I, I might want to push you to, to look at all these studies that are cited for this, but... Um, <clears throat> there, there's a there's a number of, of reasons why the the and I think we've we've kind of hit on a few of them when we are not focused on the present when we are spending mental cycles on the past or on the future then we are reducing our ability to do the task in front of us and we are wearing ourselves out we are burnt. We're burning energy, both you know, physical energy and emotional energy. Okay, so that's easy to hang on to for me then. That that you can, you, you know, you treat it like you're. You realize that your your mind is kind of like um, like a computer, and you're mm-hmm. using if you're using up lots of RAM running processes in the background about what happened yesterday or what might happen tomorrow, then you're you're not leaving enough bandwidth. That's not the correct term, but you know what I mean. You're not leaving enough bandwidth to um, to give your all to the thing that's happening in front of you. Whether exactly. That, whether that's a task, so that would be improved intention, improved improved atten- attention. Whether it's a person, that would be greater compassion. I guess emotional regulation. You're not getting pulled into the, these what might happen stories. You're focusing on what's right in front of you. Okay, that makes sense to me. So. It's the, with that kind of computer analogy. Yeah. This is about focusing all of your RAM on what's right in front of you. Right. So basically, you're, you're reducing drains on yourself. Um, and the drain might be physical, as I said. Uh, it could be emotional. It could be mental. Um, there, there, there are situations where you don't need much physical activity, you know, physical energy. And so it's fine. You don't worry about it. But at that moment, you really might need to have um, intellectual energy. You really need, might need to focus your mind. And now any drain there is going to cost you. Now, other areas would be like, I, you know, I've got an emotional drain here and it's costing me. 
And sometimes you might think, well, hey, this isn't a hard task physically, so who cares if I'm drained physically? But it's it, these things don't compartmentalize perfectly. So a physical drain will take an emotional and a mental toll on you. And a mental drain will take a physical and and emotional toll on you, you know, across the board. And, you know, that's easy enough to see. We've all had that happen where, you know, we, we worked out so hard at the gym we can't think straight. Or we had a very emotional interaction with something and it drained us physically. Or we, you know, something very demanding mentally and therefore we had a very short fuse emotionally. You know, so we know these things cross over. And if you, if you like look at a situation where you've had an intense period of stress, for example, where, you're, where the stress comes from not, not focusing on what's happening in front of you, it's focusing on what you need to do next or what might happen if you don't do this and so on, then that, you know, say you're writing your thesis, for example, is an extremely stressful period for a lot of people. It's emotionally stressful, so that becomes really physically draining even though you're only moving your fingers to type. <laughs> right. So if you were looking at this at the beginning and saying, it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal for me to be mindful because I, you know, that, that's not a big problem for me. You know, I focus my mind really well. Yes, but <laughs> it's these, it touches these other areas and these other areas touch it. So the idea here shouldn't be that, you know, you're so mentally tough that you can take all the abuse of being emotionally or physically not present. Well, you know, don't put yourself in that position. The, the idea here isn't to survive your, your job and your career. The idea is to thrive in it and to enjoy it. And, and by the way, you'll to, do a better job if you do that, if you, if you thrive and enjoy it. Exactly. And, and you know, the, you don't have to sign up for something where, well, I'm, I'm just going to keep burning the candle at both ends until till I drop or hopefully I'll I'll make it to the end to the you know to the end end of the line before I drop that you know we're not running this death march here this isn't this isn't a race to 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 beat annihil self-annihilation you know this this should be something where it's an upward spiral for you where your life gets better and better and and that is certainly possible and mindfulness will help you with that very nice. Yeah, I mean, it's all about it's all about you, you know, once you start thinking about your brain as as an instrument that you can that you focus on a um, you know you focus on a problem that's in front of you or a or a task that's in front of you, then it's 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 much for me it's much easier to see that that wasting um, CPU cycles or whatever you want to <laughs> call it on on paying attention to something that's not actually happening right now is is damaging in the long in the short term but especially in the long term right and and i'll make a comparison to something that and i'm even going to make up a word for it right now but it's a concept i think we're all familiar with how about in addition to mindfulness bodyfulness we all realize that if i keep this body healthy and in shape well, then every other part of my life gets better. Every other part of my life is easier. Well, it's the same thing. And if you bother to go to the gym, you bother to get up when it's still dark and go out and run, it is every bit as worthwhile to do the same thing for your mind that you regularly do for your body.
Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. Now, <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll look at that because here, here's the thing. Um, one of the, the, the books that I recommended below are by a very fascinating author called Yuval Noah Harari. And Yuval Noah Harari is, is a PhD historian, but his writing is more like modern-day anthropology, and he's just a, just a brilliant guy that has a really great insight into what's happening in the world today. And I realize that it might be a little different topic than you're, than you're used to reading about, but he really, really understands people. And... Uh, and and as I say, from more from an anthropological standpoint than a psychological standpoint, and and I, I've, the link points to all of his books. He doesn't. He's not written a bad book, and he's got a great voice. But here's the thing: just to tell people who are wondering, by the way, you, you can get this um, the, the books, the links to the books that uh, Ken is referring to by going to uh, bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist. Finding this episode, which is episode twenty, episode twenty-one, and then downloading the show notes that are linked to from that page. Right, no worries. <laughs> so I, I I know you all have a lot of reading that you're supposed to do, but this is part of your fun reading. The stuff you, <laughs> the, the the stuff you're that you would read just because it's interesting, uh, and you know you don't have to. It's it, it's but it's worthwhile. And the reason I point to this particular author is not just because. He is, you know, a highly educated man. Um, it is because he is a hardcore meditator. He meditates himself an hour every morning and an hour every evening. He's really, really deep into this. Yeah, this this is a guy. The guy's a marathoner when it comes to mindfulness. Now I am now. You, I know you hear that and go, "Well, that lets me out." You know, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, and I'm not recommending that. And in fact, he's not even recommending that in his books. He doesn't really talk about that. I only know that because of interviews with him. Um, but you know, and again, another another person that I think you ought to pay attention to is Sam Harris with Making Sense, and he too, even though he's a neuroscientist, uh, and even though he is an avowed atheist, he is he is a very accomplished meditator and I mean to the point where he's done retreats to to India and you know he's he's done a lot of things and he has studied it from the standpoint of neuro of you know neurophysiology what is happening when you meditate we're not going to go into all that right now (laughs) but what I am going to do is show you a way that's simple because you know you don't have to become you don't have to go to a Buddhist temple. You don't have to become a Hindu. You don't. <laughs> you don't have to do any of this stuff to be mindful, and to, to take yourself simply to a mindful place. So I'm going to show you a three-minute meditation routine, and we're actually going to do it right now. Yeah, it's not because it's not hard, and it's something that you that anyone can do 
And it's the kind of thing that it is worthwhile for you to do if you do it every day. And it is a, it, it's a great practice. You can do it multiple times a day. You can do it for longer than three minutes too. If you're feeling it, you know, and, it, and it's, you can feel the benefits coming to you, it really can help you order your world. If you feel chaotic, if you feel stressed, if you feel like there's too much uncertainty, this is a very, a very um, grounding activity. And there's nothing special about this. You don't have to learn any mantras or mudras. There's, the, you know, there's nothing hocus pocus about this. It is merely taking your mind and telling it to calm down. <laughs> yeah, so that's the purpose here is just to calm. It's like giving your body a stretch and yoga stretch. You know, it's yeah. telling it to kind of resetting it. Okay. Exactly. But there's a reason to do it, so let's do it. Yeah. Well, and one more thing I want to say but in the setup for this is I, one of the things you've probably heard about meditation is the objective is to empty your mind. And I think for most of us, we go, oh, you're telling me I'm supposed to stop having thoughts. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, And it's true. It won't happen. You can't turn off thoughts. And it's, it's very interesting to take note of that and be aware that you know thoughts just kind of happen and you don't you don't almost ever create a thought on purpose thoughts wander on by they they just they just present themselves to you and then you make a choice whether or not i'm going to keep this thought take ownership of this thought or let it pass by because we've probably all had thoughts where we went oh no i'm not no i'm not going there you know, that, that's happened. Maybe it's a dark thought or maybe it's a frightening thought. They're like, no, I'm not, I refuse to be, you know, I refuse to be that afraid. You know, and, and we just discard it. And then other ones come by and we go, oh, yeah, that might happen. That could be real. And, and we, we take it in. And sometimes they're negative. Sometimes they're positive. Sometimes they're neutral. Sometimes you can't tell whether they're positive or negative. And for whatever reason, you embrace them. But what we're going to do now in this this three-minute meditation is we're going to take a break from thoughts. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have them. It just means that whatever thoughts come by in this little exercise, you're just going to thank them and send them on their way. That's it. So when a thought arrives, thank you for sharing and let it just let it keep on going. Don't take ownership of any thought that comes your way. Now, some of you are probably panicking right now. What if I have a really great thought? <laughs> I promise you it'll show up again. So don't worry about it. Uh, and there's nothing that's gonna happen in these three minutes that's gonna be critical to your life where if you miss this, this window, it's all over for you. That's not gonna happen. And that kind of thinking is why you're having a hard time staying mindful because you keep thinking that every thought that comes by your way is coming with a with a you know a clanging bell and a warning signal and you got to realize these things are just happening so if you can watch them just watch them float on by and not take ownership of them and not examine them just it, it's just it's like looking out a car window and without fixing your your sight on anything just watching the stuff go by and so there's the telephone poles and the trees and 
the people walking on the sidewalk and the person walking their dog and the car at the stoplight. And they just go by. They're just there. They, they don't have any meaning. They don't matter. And they're, none of them are impacting you. They're not getting, no, none of it's jumping in front of your car as you're going by. It's just, it's just there on the side of the road. And, and you're not even driving. You're just the passenger in this car. So you still get to watch the scenery, but you don't have to make a bunch of meaning out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in, in terms of the, the analogy that I was using earlier, you know, your brain is kind of a, an instrument. It's a computer. Mm-hmm. These are thoughts are, are, not, are being suggested by your brain, and you get to choose whether you assimilate them or let them just go by. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So what I'd like everybody to do, and you know, for those of you that are driving right now or doing something where you can't do this, it's fine. Don't do this right now, <laughs> but come back and do it later. And I'm going to do a guided meditation for you here. So you don't have to do anything. All you can do is sit there. So just get, get in a comfortable seat and and you know if there's anything that's bothering you you know if you if you need to take off your shoes or you know you need to take off your glasses or whatever you need to do do that get yourself prepared and just get comfortable and now what we're going to do is we're going to give you something to focus on other than your thoughts and that simple thing is something that everybody's going to be doing anyway during this and that is your breath all we're going to do is focus on your breath. So close your eyes and take a deep breath and then exhale it fully out. Feel what that breath is like. Then take in another deep breath, feel that going in and then let it go out, fully let it out. So now you know what breath feels like. Now you have something that can take your attention. And so you can just keep breathing. Breathe in, breathe out, and focus on your breathing. And feel the breathing. Every day you breathe all day long and you don't notice it at all. But now you're going to notice it. Now, in between the time that you take in a breath and you let out a breath, or the time that you let out a breath and you take in a breath, there's another little moment there. Notice that moment, that moment in between. There's nothing there. It's just empty. But it's not incomplete. It's just there. You keep noticing your breathing. Keep noticing the space in between the breathing. Sometimes, in that space, you'll notice a thought go by. Let that happen. You're not repressing that thought. You're just not giving it any heat at this moment. Because right now, you're just sitting and briefly meditating. There's nothing else that you have to do right now. Nothing is so pressing that it has to have your attention at this moment. So when a thought comes by, if you have a reaction to that thought, you feel an emotion about that, well, 
That emotion is just another thought. It's a thought you're having in your body rather than in your mind. And fine, let that go by. And see if you can't just be free of thoughts for a moment. Can't you just let it go and not think for a moment? And if another thought should arise, just wish it well and send it on its way. Thank you for sharing. Notice your breathing. Breathing in. Breathing out. And notice the space between the breathing in and the breathing out. you will notice that you are getting calmer and clearer. Sometimes a thought will come by more than once. Just like an insistent child. And once again, just tell it, thank you for sharing. And let it go on its way. Notice your breath. Go in, go out, and notice the space in between the breath. And notice those silences, those emptinesses. And notice how pure they feel and how good they feel. And know that they are opening up a space for you to do great things. And that concludes our meditation. Now, some of you right now are going, oh man, could we keep going? Absolutely, you could. <laughs> and, and you will find that if you, if you make this a regular part of, of your day, you know, the start of your day especially is a good time to do it, or the end of your day is a good time to do it, you may be surprised that the three minutes that you set aside becomes 20 <laughs> or 30 because you didn't want to stop. And after you're done, you know, don't you feel a little more free? Don't you feel a little bit less stressed? So I'll put that to you, Nick. How was the experience for you? Well, it's interesting how much is going on in there. <laughs> it's pretty chaotic for me anyway. Um, well, that's good to know, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it certainly shows how many CPUs I'm using up. <laughs> yeah. In the background. Well, yeah, I, I think sometimes when we do this and we realize, holy cow, I can't. I can't meditate for, for, for 180 seconds. What's going on? My poor brain is just, it's on fire, you know? Well, knowing that is a very useful understanding. You, you, you get an insight into yourself and then you start to realize, you know what? If I did this, if I, if I did this, I bet I'd get better at it. Because then this is like anything. It's just a practice. It, it, you're going to get better at it. You, you, you can become a master at this. It's not that hard. And so that is the idea that by practicing, allowing your brain the space to slow down, um, that then it will slow down a bit, you know, so that, that... Yeah, as a result, you'll have improved attention, you'll have better emotional regulation, you'll be more compassionate, and you'll reduce your stress and anxiety. Now, if those things aren't appealing to you, I fear for your future. <laughs> 
Everybody wants that stuff. Like quite a good deal for three minutes a day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it feels good. It's a relief. If you have been spending any, you know, any part of, of your, your day feeling like you just need some relief, you just need a break, this is it. This is a way to get it. And it's something you, know, you can do in a lunch break. It's something you can do sitting in your car. It's something you can do in the restroom that nobody else has to know about. Nobody, nobody will even know you're doing it. So you don't have to worry about prying eyes like, what is he up to now? You know, <laughs> you, you can step into to the next room and be done and no one will be the wiser. For me, it always goes back to the, uh, you know, I think I, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but the idea of that uh, during my PhD, I went to a yoga class, the person said, stop. The instructor said, okay, just think about nothing. And, and my brain said, what do you mean? I can't stop thinking about nothing. I have a responsibility. I have a project. I've got problems to solve. And, but, and then I realized, what am I doing? Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to do this all of the time. In fact, it's probably not a good idea to do this all the time. So this, just relax. Exactly. In fact, if you want to be better at doing it when you're doing it, you need these times of refreshment so that you're in, at your best when those times arise. It's like, an, it's like an athlete thinking that they have to run all the time to get fitter. They don't need to rest as well. And, I, and, and it's crazy how much we just neglect our, our minds by expecting them to, to be on all the time and, and allowing them to run these processes in the background all the time because that's just inbuilt in us. So yeah. that's the, I guess this is about just starting to move towards being able to have if not an off switch, then a volume switch mm-hmm. on those background processes. Yep, and this is a hands-on, nuts and bolts thing you can do without any special training, without you know any special talent. Anyone can do this, even you. <laughs> so please do. So I think I'll wrap it up for now, Nick. Okay, thank you. That was very useful. So, uh, and the good thing about that uh, little meditation. Is that maybe what we'll do actually is we'll make a link in the show notes to just the meditation. Because the good thing about that is if you want to go back and do a three minute meditation every day, you can just listen to that audio. Yeah, that's great. Minutes every day, and um, you'll be famous, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> over and over. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So in the show notes, there's a this is this is a good episode to download the show notes for again. Uh, go to bitesizebuy.com forward slash the happy scientist, find episode 21, download the PDF with the show notes on them. Uh, there are a bunch of how many, what, five or six different studies that uh, talk about the benefits of mindfulness um, experiments on, the, on, on that. There are a couple of um, podcasts that, um, that Ken talked about and, uh, and uh, the, the book author with uh, some great material there that you can you can digest if you find this easy. And then, of course, we'll add the link to the, the three-minute um, meditation so you can do it again without having to find it again inside the podcast. All right, sounds great. And, of course, if you don't want to listen to Ken again for any reason, there are plenty of other ways to just set aside three minutes, just silence or a th- little bit of music or, or whatever um, you want to, um, to go with for the meditation. Exactly. So uh, only, that only remains for me to mention the Happy Scientist Club Facebook page. Uh, that's facebook.com forward slash the Happy Scientist Club. In there, we will be talking about um, various uh, 
the, the various concepts we look at in this podcast, we'll be looking at them from different angles so that you can get even more out of it, hopefully, and use them to propel yourself to greater happiness and success. So thank you again, Ken, for a great episode and a really useful tool that I think few people get a lot of benefit from. Great. Thanks, Nick. No worries, and we'll see you again uh, all in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye now. Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.